Welcome to the AFL Aholic Show. Your unofficial AFL show starring free unprofessional idiots talking a whole lot of garbage. But if you do enjoy it, make sure you chuck it a like. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of AFL Holics for this week. And um, massive show we've got coming up today. Uh, there was Super Sunday, three huge upsets. Swans are the real deal. We've got Saints winning three in a row. Bit of a power failure, you can say, for Port. And um, out with the old and in with the new, I'm calling it, with uh, Tigers and West Coast Eagles, the past two premiers over the last four years. I'm calling it. They're both out of premiership contention. And, um, yeah, we'll have to see who the new challenges are. And we've got the run home because six into two doesn't work with the last two spots still up for grabs. And um, Selwood signs on as well at the cat. So alongside me, Martin, your host, um, we've got Hayden. Say good day. Good day. How's it going? And it's just, it's just us two actually this week. So yeah, we are uh, missing... Not in, huh? Yeah, we're missing, missing our fearless Tony. Yeah, he's gone and, out um... and watched the Black Widow, but... Uh... Good to be here, mate. And uh, I just want to quickly say, welcome to Tuesday nights, mate. This is the first time we've done Tuesdays in a long time. That's true. Um, I think it's a good move because, like, we're now getting regular Thursday night footy, which I love personally. The players aren't a massive fan of it from what we've heard because it's the AFLPA, which is the stumbling block at this stage. There are negotiations for five-day breaks and whatnot. But um, with people in lockdown in Sydney, indefinitely for now, um, yeah, it's primetime TV. So, get get a lot more games. And it was a long round, though, wasn't it? Thursday to Monday. I don't, uh, I don't think many people watched last night. No, it was a big exactly. boil over. But... I'm not going to lie. I actually forgot all about uh, Monday's game. And uh, literally this morning, uh, I was talking to my apprentice, who's a North Melbourne supporter. He's telling me, like, up the ruse. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, no one gets I, I actually have to jump on the AFL app and realize that West Coast had lost to him. Yeah, that's great. That's great. But, like, for a lot of people, slightly off topic, but it was a huge day with um, Italy winning the Euros and Forza Azzurri being a half Italian myself. But anyway, it was an early start for lots of people yesterday. I reckon anyone that's kind of semi-interested in sport woke up early, 5 a.m. start. And so yesterday was a massive day. By 8 o'clock, I was well ready for bed and it was the game just started So because it was over in WA as well. It didn't finish till after 10 so most people are in bed and they kind of missed out on the occasion. Yeah, I remember uh, I woke up, so I had to be out of home. Woke up at 4.40, stuck the game on at 5, obviously, for um, 90 minutes. And then literally, like, as that happened, I basically had to leave for work. So then I've literally <laughs> just got the Optus app uh, open in, on, in my phone, just with the Bluetooth, <laughs> just listening to, like, the, the extra 30 minutes. And then uh, yeah. literally, like, when it got to the penalty shootout, I basically pulled up at my worker's house and I said, nah, we're just going to sit in your driveway and watch the penalty <laughs> shootout. <laughs> That's uh, good. Yeah, obviously, good that was very dramatic. And it's, but, um, congratulations to the Italians, I guess, uh, I think, yeah, in a sense. And uh, after the first two minutes, it seemed like they controlled the whole game anyways. Yeah, it it was an awesome, awesome game, and I loved it. And it was just a fantastic week end of sport in general. Took the day off Monday, a few beers at the pub, and there's actually good terms a, all around. A big week in sports. Stop, you know. Like obviously we're AFL True. on this program, but even that uh, McGregor fight was on, and that was True. controversial in itself on the Sunday. Like I remember going to the Richmond game myself with uh, Tyler, who's been on the podcast before, and 
we're sitting there in Crown watching the fight, and uh, yeah, that was nice. a very dramatic way to fin- finish that. I was expecting that. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I heard all the highlights. You couldn't have missed him being a sports fan, uh, him breaking his ankle, yep. stepping back on it and whatnot, and all the words that were said around it and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, and so, very, um, very and gross. That's it. And not, not to forget Wimbledon, like to see Ash Barty. Got to give her a yes. massive shout out because that's Australian history she's creating there. And the Joker won another one as well. So the favourites won, um, but still a... Yeah, but still a very historic kind of result for uh, for Barty to to get up there. So she's done Australia proud, and that was just incredible. I just want to uh, cut it out later, but um, yeah, well, yeah, great, great round of um, footy, and geez, like you said, Super Sunday just full of upsets. Let's get into it then. And uh, while while we are on the topic, tipping was like pretty all oh over God. the shop at all the comps I looked at. It was a very, very tough round. I saw some people get two or three only. Two. And I think at my work, comp, the guy who's at the top of the table got two. Like, he actually tipped two and he's been killing it all year. Well, I tipped a couple upsets, surprisingly. I remember last week in the show when we were talking about the Melbourne Port game and I was like, yeah, I'm going to change my tip because of what we said. I literally logged in, went to change it, but I never clicked save. So luckily, I got away with one there. And my Melbourne tip that I put in originally stayed. And, um, I think I got five, which was a lot, like relatively a lot. I was low-key filthy on that too, by the way, that you didn't say that because <laughs> I changed my tip also from Melbourne to Port Adelaide. <laughs> and and the next day on the, on the Friday, I went to check and I'm like, what the hell, Martin got one and I got into zero. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, how the hell has he done this? I'm like, you bloody lied to Check my you. face. <laughs> That's it. I remember literally like going on it and I clicked in. I changed it to like two points. And then, yeah, yeah just because we were doing the show live at the time, I just never clicked save. And yeah, I did get five in the end, which was, yeah, mammoth. So gained a couple up on most people, which is great. But yeah, on the Super Sunday, what, what results there? Like the Gold Coast by one point, absolutely deserving win. You could see the Giants were pretty gutted there. And if you, the biggest, I, I don't know where, which is the biggest story because finally some vindication to some extent for uh, Gold Coast, like two wins in a row, two, you know, decent at the time. Stuff. Yeah, like we're, I think. I wouldn't call Richmond decent at, it, at the yeah. moment. but <laughs> Well, GWS were in, the, were in the eight at the start of the round. So this was a real snakes and ladder um, round. Not to jump over too much, but there was so much change in the AFL ladder. If it wasn't a podcast, we could kind of show show the visual. That's but, um, yeah, the amount of sides that went down and up this week, like 10, 11, 12, all moved up on the table. Um, 7, 8, and 9 all moved down. Um, even the top four all switched up. First, second, third, fourth, fifth. So everyone changed except Sydney, and they probably arguably had the best, you know, win uh, of the weekend. So. It was just crazy, and like, yeah. So the Swans winning by 19 points against the Dogs, and even the Pies holding strong against uh, undermanned and un Richmond like Richmond, which we're getting more and more used to. So it was just a crazy, crazy results, which was fantastic for footy at the end of the day. That's uh, yeah. Well, should we should we recap from the first game of the round, or do you want to go straight into yeah. the Sunday? All right. Well, no, the first, no, no, first game cool. of the round, Port Adelaide. Uh, the power is a bit shot, aren't they? They, they they still cannot manage to get a top four win at the moment. They can't. And to be honest, though, the ladder doesn't lie. So you look at where they're sitting now. They went from fourth to fifth, and they dropped down um, along with Brisbane one spot, but then Geelong, because Geelong jumped into third. 
because uh, it's very tight there at that end of the table. And I think that's where Port deserve to be. I don't think they are a top four side. They play. I think they have played all the top four sides and, and lost. So, you know, it's hard to argue against that. And ju- and then just to reassess and know they're just not at that level. Like, it, they, ha- they have, like, the cattle. But is it the game plan then? Or is it just the content, like the 50-50 battles that they lose at key moments or they have too many passengers? I, I don't know. What do you put it down to, Hayden? Um, well, I remember doing the gradings on them and I, and I think at the moment I'm basically sound with the, the prediction on basically where, I, like I had them at fifth also, like I didn't think yeah. they were the top four side. I think the top four as is a lock in my eyes. To be honest yep. with, because uh, you just can't see it, we'll just say it out quickly. Melbourne, Dogs, Cats, Back Brisbane. I still think, obviously, yep. uh, from second to fourth, they'll still jumble around a bit. I still think yep. Melbourne's the top dog. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think Port, I think what's exposed them a little bit more also this year is last year they had the whole hub situation and it kind of worked in their benefit and what they got more yeah. home games and all that stuff versus teams that are, were on shorter breaks than them and whatnot. But this year it's kind of like, I think they're just a little bit off in a sense of, like, I still think they're great, so I still well yeah um beyond this year but, yeah um, i think they've just a little rusty if that makes sense um it's just i think they got too used to last year compared to this year where it's just yeah. kind of more normal for them now like you know the travels back you know them yeah feel like they're getting a little exposed on their their um recovery in sense um yeah where, where i'm kind of at with that's fair that's fair like um in terms of I think it's there. They haven't continued to develop as expected. Like, I think there was or is a bit of pressure, you know, on uh, like Butters has been injured for most of the year. He came back for one game, got re injured again. And then what's the other forward name? The other. No, no, the other small forward that's. Uh... No, Rosie. Connor Rosie. Rosie. Oh. Come on, mate. There's a lot of expectation. We know he has a lot of potential, but then when push comes to shove, he hasn't made that next step to be that consistent high level of like what we expect. And it, it might be a touch unfair, but when you are drafted high and you're going to a team that pretty sure Port were top four last year or yeah, we're there thereabouts that you expect that kind of same level and them to continually progress. But then every time they've had that, that top four, battle they have lost so it just says um that's their fifth consecutive top four loss of the season to the current top four no fifth yeah drop sorry they dropped to fifth with their fourth loss to the top four side so they they are exactly where they deserve to be they're better um against all the teams lower than them but they're not quite at that at that level um, where where it's higher up, and we've got to give credit to players like Petrarca was just incredible. Yeah. He was doing it like in attack, in defence, uh, run down tackles. You know, three goals. It was just three Brownlow votes, and it's he's just shooting up um, the favourites uh, for the Brownlow there, and everything started to click. Like Ben Brown came in, it definitely had an effect, even just structure-wise, just to change up the matchups in the forward line, less pressure on Tom McDonald. It made him a better player by just having another target there and another distraction. So a Tom McDonald's goal, though, wasn't that special? Yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah, I watched this game, this game live. I remember just sitting there going, oh, this is awesome. And you're just like, yep, they've got this there. They're too good here. So, um, 
Yeah, hopefully they give Ben Brown, I think, the time just for him to find his feet and for him to... Because individually, I wouldn't say that um, he had, like, a huge impact on the scoreboard or anything like that. But just being that target, and like I said, for the structure-wise, it, it was quite good for the side, so... Nothing against Peterman also, but I just think Ben Brown brings that bit more um, experience also to the team. He's like, he's Look at done. the goals he's kicked at AFL level. Yeah, like, exactly. He's, he's been, been in there Coleman and contention that. and yeah. whatnot. Um, I don't think he ever got the Coleman, but he was definitely no, I don't think sitting so. first for a long period, uh, what, maybe two years ago. seasons of like 40-plus yeah. goals, like a season. So he's, exactly. a, he's a renowned goal kicker. Like, they're paying him the big bucks for a reason, you know. So And, and, and you know, like you said, it, it the defender, it takes more pressure off people like Tom McDonald, you know, like it. Um, and, and he, he's got to learn his patterns and whatnot, and he'll learn where he's dangerous and where he can also run to make other players dangerous too. So... I think, yeah, I think it's good to if they stick with him at the moment. Um, I mean, like, I'm not a yeah. Melbourne fan at all, and, like, I don't sit there and watch their gameplay, so obviously they, they know more than I do, but I, I personally like him in the team compared to Wiedemann, and then obviously, like you said, you, you're paid to kind of do that anyway, so. That's it. That's, That's it. It'll be interesting. Well, let's just see what, what happens going forward. So we will, uh, a bit later on, uh, like I mentioned, talk about the run home. And we'll mainly focus on those teams that are fighting for the last two spots in the eight. So we'll give a bit more time to you. Frio, um, West Coast, and uh, St. Kilda, GWS, Essendon, and Richmond. But now the next one I do really want to talk about is the big, um, the other, I guess, biggest clash that we kind of lined up last week, which was your Sydney versus Bulldogs, um, which was played on Super Sundays. I'm dubbing it um, at Marvel. At 3.20 on last Sunday. And it was just huge for the Swans to knock off the Dogs. Knock them out of first place. They went there. They got up with Melbourne losing the week before. And to knock them back down. And um, I th- I honestly think the Swans are the real deal. Like, they're oh, just proving it. Like, unlike... They're almost the opposite to Port. Going, they lose to teams below them. But when they come to play top, top sides... They beat them. So you look at their losses and you look at their wins and going, I'd prefer to be Sydney than I would Paul going, hey, we beat everyone below us, consistently good against all the lower teams. But then the better teams going, hey, when we reach September and where you're not going to be versing, you know, your Carlton's, Gold Coast's, Pies, Hawks like that, um, that they've struggled against. And they, and do, have a good, easy they do have a good mix too. They do have a lot of experienced oh, players perfect. and then they've also got a lot of younger, youth. De- um, yeah, youth. So like right now, like, even um, thinking about that game, I was um, obviously at the foot. Oh, yeah. Like, just reading the scores on the scoreboard and whatnot, I, I just knew yeah, how this game was playing out, you know, and um, yeah. they're, just, they're just playing really great footy at the moment, and, you know, we are knocking them all year, saying, yeah, yeah, they'll drop off, they'll drop off, they'll drop off. Well, it's round 18 now, not far from exactly. the end. And, and they're exactly. playing a great brand. All credit to... Sydney Swans is in that regard, yeah. so uh, I reckon um, they're definitely the real deal at the moment. And you know, watch out. You know, they're sitting six, but they're you know only two games behind second. So that's it. That's it. They could finish anywhere. Like realistically, um, yeah, they've just been so good. And for the wins, like like you mentioned, it's hard to add much more onto that. Like the players that I think have really added to their game is. Isn't there like top, top tier plays? Like we can argue, you know, Callum Mills has taken that step up to almost elite or just below that um, from where he was moving into the midfield. But it's even your players like your uh, Jordan Dawson 
Will Haywood. Um, who was the other one? If I have a look off the back, like half back one, I'll just give him a run. Yeah, he has been. He has been like, um, you've got your standards like your Parker, Lloyd, Heaney that you always expect good stuff from, and they were just amazing. And let's, so, and let's not forget Tom Hickey, how great he's been this season too. Oh, know, he's been a revelation. He's been the key, like just to start off and. Because he doesn't just tap the ball down. He's genuinely like an extra midfielder. Like, there's an argument to say that who we classify as the premier ruckman that, what, for the last four or five years, they've been the, um, the All-Australian ruckman in Gorn and Grundy. It's, there's an argument to say that they're, they're out now and you've got Hickey and, um, and Darcyan from yeah. Fremantle. That they're, they're oh, the yeah. premier ruckman this year based on performance and consistency and what they've done and help their teams to do you know feel so and... filthy that i dropped darcy in <laughs> i captained him this oh, week no. and i think i broke the record for like he almost scored 180 i think yeah, 183 and he's been dominating mate when i win the premiership in our super coach league i'll have you to thank yeah what a regret that is <laughs> but yeah revolution you know he's been great himself you know yeah. but um well so like... we'll definitely get on to them a bit later on but like i've I don't want to sound like a record, record every week, but the Bulldogs, I don't like the. You can't take away what they do when they play well, but it's like when they get these challenges against good sides. Like I feel like they meet up someone half defensively, someone switched on, and the Bulldogs fall. Like they they just don't get hard. You know when the tough gets hard, the hard doesn't get going, and then they just kind of fall off and everything. So when it comes to September. Who knows? Like, they could be a side that go out in straight sets, you know? There's this, Dangerous. There's this feeling around them. But they're not getting smashed. When they're losing to the... Yeah, they're that's like, true. They're not getting blown that's out. That's true. So, so we no. do have to give them credit for that, especially, yeah. like, you know, on a bit of a knock on their back line. But still, yeah. They've still managed to keep team in sense of, like, blowing them out. No, yeah, it's always been competitive. But I also feel what you're saying. Like, I really do have this sense of just them not doing the damage that they probably should be doing in in finals. You know, Um, I mean, it's hard to predict. Obviously, I can't predict time. And and like Marvel, Marvel is definitely their fortress in a sense of and and like if they can. Then they lose the Swans. Yeah, I know. Marvel, so I know. (laughs) And and they only just beat West Coast. But like, I mean, West Coast. I've had a drop nah. off in recent times also, but oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get onto them for sure. So <laughs> now we'll, all, all credit to them. Um, but when the dogs, to be fair, like you said, they haven't been blown out of the water. And when they've got players like the Bond, like McRae, like Norton was missing at the weekend as well. And he's huge, like one of the best forwards in the league this season. So they'll, they'll definitely make a difference. And in a tight game like that, where, you know, those players could, could be the difference in the result. So it was a, it was a really good clash. Obviously, and, um, hard game to bring. Yeah. Uh, we will have in for also. Yeah. It wasn't really cited much. At- no. Well, low expectations for a key forward, you know. Yeah, exactly. Getting into a game like that. So, yeah, just had, just had to kind of see how it played out. And um, I'm sure he'll be better off for the run anyway. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, it's better than 
he's a That's backman. Who, he's a backman who should have been seeing the ball a lot more. But yeah. Yeah. Oh well, do you want to get into our next? Uh, or do we want to? Get well, the next Sunday? game. Well, the next game that I really want to talk oh, about because yeah. then I think we'll jump into the run home kind of after that is the Lions St Kilda game. So we will touch on St Kilda and the run home as well, but. They've won three in a row now, and um, to beat Brisbane, where who who have been in amazing form, like they've been performing really well, three wins, which includes when they beat Geelong or smashed Geelong actually off the park, and um, like after the bye that is, and for them to have a upset loss like this to a Saint side that it's just quite incredible, like it's yeah. It, it, all credit to St Kilda. I think, if anything, it proves that St Kilda actually, kind of to their detriment, they have no depth. So the fact of the two most important players, and I must say, would have to be um, the Ruckman Rowan, Rowan Marshall, and um, and Paddy Ryder. Just when they're in the team, the structure, like they're irreplaceable for them. They're a completely different side with them in the team. And when they didn't have them in the early part, even if other players were firing, it wasn't enough. But yeah. with them, they don't have to play well even just to have them in the team and do their thing. And and you could, like, I, I don't want to drag this back a whole year in a sense, but you could yeah. even see that in that final against Richmond, you know. They beat, uh, the, they beat cool. the Dogs. Ryder got injured in that game against the Dogs yeah. at his first finals win. I know it. And then yeah. the week after, obviously, he couldn't play against Nank and Richmond just ran, ran ramp and, not, and uh, exactly. beat him at their own game. So I could not agree more with you. The dual Ruckman in there, they are uh, shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was really sad for oh, um. Still a good win. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was really, it was a really terrible night for Brisbane, especially when to consolidate on their loss as well. Uh, Hipwood ACL confirmed, so that's really sad because uh, he's been such a great forward this year. But it'll be yeah. interesting to see can Danaher, you know, step up and be that key forward for them. He was playing in the ruck a bit over the weekend and going. It's not worth, like, with his injury history to be taking that unnecessary risk. We're going, hey, you've got McInerney. He'll just have to load, um, bear the load of the ruck and go from there. That one too. He's had yeah. probably his breakout season. Like, he's, he's yeah. started to become the forward they probably thought they were going to get they out knew. of him, you know? They knew he could be, yep. Yeah, like, we've seen it over the... He's been in the system, but I can you could just see, like, he was the only one down there just getting absolutely crunched week in, week out, just trying yeah. his best. And, and you could see, like, he was a great player then, but his mind wasn't set, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't, like, didn't know what he was doing all the time in the sense of, should I be kicking it, like, to a pack right now, or should I be going for goal? Or just didn't have that right goal sense yet, like, or yeah. t- team sense. Just and, developing. And now, yeah, exactly, just developing. But now you look at him, this year is the year where he, like, can see he's right in the, the mix of it with every other AFL player in that side. So uh, very sad to hear about the ACL to the Hipwood. So yeah. it'll be good when he has his return. Obviously, it won't be this season, but yeah, yeah. Very, very sad news for that. Well, who knows? Hopefully, he comes back for finals next season because I'm sure this Brisbane, this young and upcoming Brisbane side will just get better with age. And um, looking, looking at the Saints, uh, all credit to their captain, Jack Steele, again. He's been unbelievable this season. Surely... Um, He's he's going to be high up in the brown low finishing as well, and um, for Max King to turn it on three goals in the second quarter within a space of seven minutes, I believe, and just blew him out of the water. So I I feel I really love the brothers Max 
and his brother at um, Gold Coast as well, and Ben, that's right. Um, they could be anything. Like, <laughs> they, we're going to enjoy them for a decade to come. Well, like, they're I kind really of hated exciting. them, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Richmond versus Saints and then Gold Coast, like, straight after one another. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, being the same, see, seeing the same guy kicking goals on you two weeks yeah, in a row just gets annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, didn't we just verse this bloke? Yeah, going, oh, damn. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's a good, good call. Good call. So, no, so they're they're all in all, like, they're, they're, like, I don't have anything against them. I think they're great players. Great forward. And it's good to see they're starting to get their recognition they deserve and they're starting to play better footy and straighten up their kicking, so. That's it. Beautiful. Definitely. So, what do you reckon we get into the, uh, into the run home or do you have anything else you want to bring up before then? Um... Obviously, Fremantle is a big game, that one. Yeah, so that, that's um, the first one that we'll touch on in the run home. Because, so, like we mentioned, so in this next bit, we'll just talk about uh, the contenders who are still in the race for the eight. So we've got Fremantle there in seventh. So they currently sit with eight wins, eight losses, 32 points, 197%, which is quite important percentage-wise just because of how tight it is that it could, apart from GWS, because they have that one draw, um, yeah, they're, they're right in the hunt. Uh, but their run home is actually very difficult. So they've got Geelong this week, Thursday, so they're the first game. After that, they've got Sydney, um, Brisbane, Richmond, West Coast, and St. Kilda. So they're all contenders. They're playing two teams, or three teams really, that are playing for their spot that they currently hold in Richmond, West Coast Saints. And then the other ones are all above them on the ladder. So I actually think it's going to be a bridge too far for them. What What are your thoughts on them? And including their game on the weekend, if you want to mention anything about that. I think terrific effort on the weekend, by the way. Um, yeah. Being, being, like, I mean, it's Hawthorne, I know, and they're like obviously yeah. a rebuild at the moment. But uh, good to see them, you know, absolutely put aside away. Yeah. Good on them. Wins the away from home. And now that's, that's, that, that's what I was going to say. The other thing is yeah. it was away from home, you know. And uh, we look at this back back into the season. The only thing that's probably in their favour is majority of the games are at home, not away. Um, but that's yeah, true. like Yeah. Uh, like, but then again, like, you, you don't even get a home ground advantage against West Coast. You know, it's you're literally playing the, yeah. same, the same club that's at the same true. home ground. So, yeah. um, I guess it is pretty even in a sense of home and away. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I definitely think they're probably the team that does fall out. I still think they're still yeah. inexperienced. Uh, I don't think yeah. they're... If they make it good on them, but like, a, like they're yeah, they deserve it. it. I don't think if they make it, they yeah. really deserve it. Because like looking at who they play against, it's like almost like every week's a final for them now going forward. It's and... so crazy because it's like they've been like a dark horse all of a sudden, in, like in the last yeah. three weeks. Yeah, obviously. And you look at their players, their individuals. They're great. Like they like Brayshaw coming through five. Um, who else? Yeah, Chera was incredible. Darcy. Mundy, yeah, Darcy. So, oh, they've got all these really good. They've got the makings of a really good side, and they have that mix as well. Like we spoke earlier, um, for Sydney, to some extent, they're like a shitter Sydney yeah. <laughs> in terms of that mix, but they're just that step or two behind them. Um, yeah, so so it'll be fascinating. Which is see. kind of crazy. Like at the start of this year, I kind of felt like the Dockers were ahead of Sydney, and oh, now now sure. all of a sudden, I feel like Dockers are two Tables steps behind turn. them. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, um, definitely crazy to actually think that. Like, officially, <laughs> officially, they are two wins behind them. So there's yeah, a couple steps. And <laughs> there isn't that long. Isn't there that long to go? So next, moving on to eighth spot, we've got West Coast. 
So they currently also have eight wins, eight losses. So also locked on 32 points, but their lesser percentage of 94.8. Of course, that happens when you get absolutely pummeled in your losses. They're not just losses, they're annihilations, <laughs> except for this week. Yeah. But um, yeah, their run home is Adelaide over in Adelaide Oval. Um, they've got St Kilda, Collingwood, Melbourne, Fremantle, and Brisbane. So they've got a mix there of sides above Ooh. and below them. There's a lot of danger games there, though. Yeah. yeah. Adelaide in Adelaide at the moment, especially with Tex coming back hopefully yep. this week, I think it is. Um, it won't be as easy as yeah. the West Coast. Uh, and also, they're travelling, which is also like a big, a big thing at the moment with West Coast. They can't get it done at the SCG. They can't get it done at the MCG. They can't get it done at Marvel. And they can't get it done at home against bottom of the ladder. No, no, so you get it done at home, so. no... Uh, for teams like West Coast, they make it look like there's no easy games. Exactly. Like the way they're playing. And when you think they won a premiership in 2018, three yeah. years ago, like these are premiership players. But um, yeah, we'll just have to see because they're, they're, they've got eighth spot. It's theirs to lose to some extent. But I can see them dropping out as well, just based on form and how it goes. We'll, we'll get onto the contenders um, below them at the moment coming up. But yeah, just getting the way that they're losing games and their percentage, I think will really let them down. And that might be the, the difference between them finishing eighth or 10th, essentially. And the other two, like other than like your Melbourne, uh, Fremantle, yeah, sorry, Melbourne and oh, Fremantle also, because they're yeah, yeah. in the same. That's true. But Melbourne, three Fremantle teams and behind. But then yeah. like the other thing that's going to be a danger game is the Collingwood one. Always oh, that, sure. because that's that whole far in the belly type thing. Yeah. We've seen it on the weekend with um, Collingwood against Richmond. It's a belly type performance, those ones. So, yeah, no, I definitely think they're one, one side to possibly fully slip out of the eight or just, yeah. just. Well, really, like, when you look at it, they've lost three games in a row, and you're almost, I don't know about feel sorry, but you go, what more can um, Adam Simpson do? You know, like, you look at it, like, I remember, I think it was at the end of the game, I'm not sure it was this week, it might have been last week, where he was just sitting there in dismay, just going, what do I do? He goes, he doesn't know, like, you've already pulled all the strings you can, where you've told the boys, yep, they know what they have to fix up, they've told them, and then the, the effort's just lacking, and it, it would be, it'd be gut-wrenching, thinking yes. that, you know, you're kind of close, yeah, that you're close, you, you have the personnel, you know, yeah, you've got some injuries, but who doesn't? And um, even with some individual brilliance, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're not playing well as a team. And so let's move on. Next, next, next got, on the ladder is I'll, I'll go St Kilda. Yeah, we've got Please St do. Kilda. They're sitting on a percentage of 86.9, the lowest out of these bottom, uh, like bottom side. Very low. Percentage. Uh, so they've got the lowest percentage. So realistically, they need to either put some sides away or they're going to have to really, like, just kind of hang on to, like, that win-loss ratio, in a sense, you know, with um, teams contending around them. Like, uh, if, say, them and Fremantle or West Coast or any of those teams end up on the same score, they got the potential to literally just miss the eight or just squeeze in and they're just literally sitting there. Values. Um, but, yeah, at the moment, they've literally won three on the trot. At the moment. They're starting to come into form a little bit more St Kilda-like of last year. They have. Um, exactly. But, but looking at their back, twenty twenty Saints. That's it. Back looking at the back end of this, and they've got a couple of. I wouldn't say it's an easy run, but like they've got a probably better run than majority of these winnable teams. games. 
Yeah. There are some tough ones. They've obviously got Port Adelaide this week, and they've got um, Sydney and Geelong, but then they've got the team, West Coast, Fremantle. Carlton's not really in the contention. They were a game out of contention, I reckon, but yeah. it's another danger site. For sure. For sure. You'd say that Carlton can't make the finals at this stage because they are two games out of the eight and percentage at the moment as it stands. But um, it will be like, because we already had kind of mentioned St Kilda earlier on, we'll keep this one short and sweet. But um, if they keep playing the way that they do, then they deserve to be in the finals. They were there last year. They're out on percentage. And I think if they, they can snag a couple more of these where it might be a Port Adelaide or they win the games that they kind of should, which you'd say uh, Carlton. But then, yeah, like Fremantle, you know, they officially are above them on the table. So that might be a game for that last spot in the eight come round 23. So Other than come Carlton. watch the space. Yeah, that's true. So it is It is a tough run, isn't it? So they'll, it's definitely make or break. It's weird. But the way that they're playing. Yeah, because like, realistically, like we say teams are above them, but and teams like Fremantle and they're actually tied. So it yeah. doesn't really matter as much. Well, you look but, at the form line even, just going Saints have won three in a row, West Coast have lost three in a row. So there's just a huge difference there on... Yeah, there's a big gap and the confidence and the way that they're playing and everything. It's incomparable where um, Saints are the highest point that they've been in the season and West Coast are essentially at the lowest point they've been all season. So um, do you want to move on to the next yes. team? Next team we got here is in 10th position is GWS Giants. They're sitting on 30 points at the moment. Uh, they're obviously two points outside of the eight because they had the draw. Um, yep. But they're sitting on a more of a healthy percentage um, with all these other teams around them on 97.2. Like, there's a whole 11 on St. Kilda. That's, that's how big uh, the difference is, and that's a huge difference at this end of the season where, obviously, the scores are a lot higher in your fours and against. Um, so, their end of the season, though, you know, obviously, um, they had a dis- very disappointing loss and one that they shouldn't have lost, really, to Gold Coast Suns, which would have probably put them in a better contention and would probably be a different story the way we're talking about it now. But, you know. oh, on that note, I'd say we've been saying that for five weeks now. Since the bye, they've probably been the poorest when they were in the eight before. So I think three weeks ago, um, or even after they got the draw against um, against the Ruse, the then they, the Ruse. they had a big win against Carlton after that by 36 points. But then you look at it, you can argue that they've dropped 10 points in the last five weeks because then oh. they lost to, to Hawks, which they really shouldn't have, and then to lose to the Suns as well when you're really trying to play for a finals eight, final eight spot. I actually think those that'll cost them in the end. So I'm going to call that they're not going to make the eight based on... So like even the win against Carl, I can't even say that the only good win they really yeah. had was against the Demons, which obviously... Yeah, 64 um, nine-point win. But other than that, you know, losing to Gold Coast, Hawthorne, and north, like you just wouldn't yeah. kind of put that in that summary of a great side at the moment. And I mean, right. like Matad, like you, it, with them, it just feels topsy turvy. Yeah. Oh, like one week we're like, oh Too yeah, great, and then the next week we're like, oh no, what have they done? So at the yeah. moment, imagine I'd, being a supporter. I know. <laughs> it'd be gut wrenching. And I reckon they've actually probably got the hardest run. Home. Um, they've got, you know, 
the Derby this weekend. In, which That'll is, be huge. Ballarat. Which, which is in Ballarat. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Which is good for, you know, Ballarat. It'll be good to go oh, it's down. So if you're in the area or, freeze. or an They'll AFL freeze fan, down there. feel free to wet. It'll be cold. Yeah. Oh, it's be pretty, snowing, mate. It's pretty bad, pretty bad <laughs> weather this week. I'm not going to lie. I've been working in Ballarat myself all weekend. Oh, it's it's very, very, very cold down there. But it would be good to get along for some people. Um, so it's the Derby. And then they've got... Literally every team above them. Um, well, not every team's above them, but they've got Essendon who are contending. They've got Port Adelaide, Geelong. Richmond's obviously going to be one of the teams that it's going to be a good game against. And then they've got Carlton, which is probably like the only easy game, but it's their last game. So, And that's when there's you know always like happen? weird upsets. So. Yeah, based on what's happened, they'll beat teams like they shouldn't. So they'll beat the Swans this week. And they'll probably beat Geelong or something, but then they'll lose to Richmond and Carlton to end the season. Like, you yeah, know? exactly, so, exactly. It'll, like, it'll be really good and then really bad. Yeah. So, so moving on, but um, but yeah, it'll be fascinating to see where where they end up. But they, it seems like all these teams we've went through so far, they're all playing teams around them that are in contention. Yeah. Like, it's a very exciting way to finish the season to well, some extent. Where they're eight pointers. I remember like the year before West Coast won it, 2017, 16. Yep. Yeah. I remember it was like West Coast versus Adelaide or something like that. And literally like the percentage was so close between eighth and ninth that like Nick Nat kicked a goal or something and it put him in the eight. And then someone like like they needed the win, yeah. but they needed to win by like four or five points. Like literally the, wow. like it was insane. So who knows? Like could we come to that again this year? Like looking at these teams playing in the last rounds and whatnot, literally like around the same margin. Who knows who's gonna yeah. um who's gonna get that top eight spot that's it well moving on then um do you want do you want to call the next team or me there's no, a couple left the next two. yeah oh, well i'll leave the last one for you since it is yours so i'll go this next <laughs> one essendon so they are currently sitting in 11th they've got seven wins nine losses on 28 points but they've got the best percentage um out of anyone outside of the eight or even those teams inside the eight so from seventh down they're on 103.4 percent and they've got probably one of the most favourable runs going home. So they, well, could be very much in contention. They've got North Melbourne this week, GWS, um, the Swans and Doggies will be hard, but then they finish with Gold Coast and Collingwood. So even if they just beat the teams you think they should, um, there could be four wins there, um, yeah. you know, in the bag and four wins based on where they are because they are, what are they? They're one game. They're only one game out of the eight because they got good percentage. So... Uh, based on what we've seen here, you know, most of us have ridden them off for most of the year, but it seems like everyone, if anything, they're going to do a Stephen Bradbury and everyone else will just keep failing and dropping points and slipping over that they'll slide in front. I actually feel like that will be the case, to be honest. I actually see maybe one or two losses here. I feel like like they'll get either Sydney or Bulldogs and win. Um, I mean, like, time will tell, obviously, but I think they are that team. And I have been banging on about how good they've been all year. Um, Myself, personally, thinking, like, they've been a great team and they've definitely... um, They've underperformed, if anything. Yeah, exactly. And and they're definitely starting to come really good. Um, Me, personally, I think they are that team that fits in the eight now. Um, Me, too. Like, even, like, the percentage says it for me also, you know, like... Having that healthy percentage compared to all these other clubs, significant. Um, yeah, it, it, like you said, it's only one game outside of the eight, and a lot of the other teams are versing teams around them. This is probably the team that's not versing really anyone other than uh, GWS in that mix. 
You know, like North isn't in the mix. Yeah. Sydney's obviously way above them. Um, dogs are way above them. Suns aren't in the mix, and Collingwood aren't in the mix. So they've kind That's of it. got the best of both worlds in a sense. They don't have yeah. to really compete with you Test them. yourself. And, and then yeah. everyone else around them is versing, and, which will scale them up in the ladder, like depending on yeah. their wins and losses. So they don't really have people to take points off them, if that makes sense. You know how like, there's yeah. like eight-point games? Yeah. They don't have yeah, an yeah. eight-point game. As many. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's true. They've already played all of those rivals around them per se, and they're playing each other. So it's a really good point. And I was actually just looking at like at the ladder as we were discussing that, and their points for is actually the third best in the league. So that's why they have such a healthy percentage. You've only got the Doggies and Brisbane that have scored more than them this year, and they've got 14,009 points for. Um, so hence why they've been an attacking team. You know, they've lost, they've had honorable losses though, where their players have still played well. So yeah, I, I think, I think definitely if we had to, if I had to put money on it, I'd go Saints and Essendon in with uh, Freo and Eagles going out. So maybe it's just because they're Victorian and we favor those Victorian sides battling for it. But now I'm um, onto the uh, last of the so-called contenders. I'll yes. let you take this one away. Uh, look, I wouldn't put them in that contenders category at all, to be honest. Uh, we're going to go with 12 um, on a total of 28 points, which is 7 wins, 9 losses. Uh, they've actually got the second healthiest percentage also in that group also. Uh, so they're on 99.3. They're just yep. a little shy of um, Essendon and just a little bit ahead of Fremantle. So uh, they're probably the only other team that, in a sense, if it came down to percentage... They could take it up, but in saying that, you know, like you see what happened to West Coast two weeks ago when they got an absolute pounding, that killed their percentage. They were actually really, yeah. they had a nice percentage, so it just takes another big loss, which Richmond, in their back end of the season, they've probably got a really rough um, end of season, obviously, like with where they finished at the end of last year. Oh. Yeah, um, we, we've look. said, everyone was saying they're good run home, good run home, but when you lose four in a row against what we all expected them to win, winnable games, that now they've got the two top four teams, like, in a row. So, they're officially in the worst form in the league right now, so they've not won for a month, so four losses in a row, and only West Coast have had three losses in a row, and the Crows, so outside of that, even the bottom two sides have got a win in the last four weeks or two wins even so um yeah so De- definitely so um so for richmond i think they're definitely tanking good draft pick um, you'd hope so you'd have to tell yourself something that's positive otherwise yeah, exactly, exactly. Doom and gloom. um as, as discussed last week I, I still don't think they've got the contention there um no. well i've fully fully changed I still had, yeah. oh, they could push the eight, but I still, like like I said, they wouldn't do any damage in the eight, so it didn't really bother yep. me. Um, yeah. uh, I've come to terms now, in my mind, that they're not. And, and, yeah. and, and in all honesty, and like obviously discussing with Tony outside of the podcast, because um, we went to the game, uh, yeah. we also came to that thing like, it'd be better to finish lower now than it yeah. would to be finished ninth or Get tenth one or, superstar. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, like, why, why wouldn't you try to get like one good pick? And then just you know, like let's, make another let's, charge. Let's, let's, yeah, let's recharge the batteries and go again next year. And um, yeah, I just think this year we just look so, yeah, uh, and just the game plan just not looking so. Um, but that's also why we have to give so much credit to those sides in the modern era that have done definitely. the three P. That's the thing. Oh, going, yeah, you've still got a dynasty. One twenty seventeen, then West Coast, then back to you. But that's 
it's the mental it's not just the mental side but it's obviously huge the mental fortitude the hunger but then also the injuries and everything eventually catch up because you've had injuries in those seasons as well but found a way but now it's like there's too many holes in the sinking ship and you just can't paddle the water out fast enough and i think also Um, in those 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 seasons where we did have injuries there's still so much hype you know what i mean and the players are still up and about and now it's just at that stage where it's like, and like, like they all speak in the media, like, um, you know, like you have Jonathan Brown, who's obviously been through an, a dynasty and, and whatnot. And um, even Leper was saying, and he's been a huge loss to Richmond since obviously giving up his um, position at Richmond. Yeah. Um, when's the, where's the cliff, you know, like where's the fall off? I don't yeah. think this is a fall off, but I definitely think this is a trip over, like landing right near the edge of the cliff. I feel like this is, like every, like like everyone, they have their phases. Like you know, credit to Geelong, they've always just been around. Like, like I mean, yeah. I know they made a grand final and they've made a couple of prelims and like other than that, like just a couple of finals to get one. To, but yeah. they've just backed. And, and Sydney were similar. You know, they just back it up, back it up, back it up. Sydney's mm. well, probably the last two years was their fall off, but geez, they're already back up there again. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's um yeah. So, you know, credit to those teams. I just hope Richmond can keep consistently do doing basically what Geelong have done, you know, and, and just, yeah, you know what, it may be an off year, but just recharge the batteries and hopefully go again next year. But yes, I think uh, contention-wise, I'd rather us finish lower. But in saying that, the last four games are very gettable. Yeah. Uh, we've got, like, uh, if you don't have it up right now, I've got, we've got Fremantle uh, over there, and you never know Fremantle. Um, and then North, we should get, let's be honest, but who knows, but like, yeah, like no. going off form, Should yeah. who knows, Um, and then JWS will be like probably the hardest one in the sense of those bottom four um, yeah. games, and, and Hawthorne should be, should be very gettable, there is the two bottom sides there. Even if we give, like, let's say, let's give Richmond some, I don't know about credit, but let's say, almost like St Kilda to some extent, that they've lost their depth here, where they've just had that key injury here or there at the exact moment to make them look their worst so let's say even if richmond get back on and let's say realistically they lose the two next games which is probably pretty expected against brisbane and geelong it doesn't mean they can't get up but even if they were and then all of a sudden you know nang's back he takes a week or two to get back into and they win those last four games strongly i think the ship might have sailed already yes so it almost is better to kind of blood that youth you know maybe wrap Cochin in some Connor Moore. If Dusty isn't a hundred percent right, then you know maybe do play him in the forward line just to kind of get him through. Because spiritually, you just need him, and but not to be the game changer and to tell him, you know, yeah, go out there and play. You know, you're our highest paid player and one of the best in the comp, but don't, and yeah, if, don't do anything. And silly. if there's something I've noticed, even in saying that, they actually kind of, I feel like that phase is kind of starting now. Anyways, you know, I, I noticed Dale yeah. was in the middle a lot. Um, Cochin, a lot of the uh, times was in the forward line, so he was a little bit in cotton wool already uh, in this previous game. Dusty was the same, and they're, they're letting the younger ones go through. They're letting uh, Riley Collier, Dawkins, Dow, yep. Shay Bolton, like go to the middle yep. a lot. And I feel like that's kind of the phase they're kind of going along. Like they're not going to tank in a sense of we're not coming to play, but I feel like they're definitely going to just ease into the, the the end of the year. You know, like um. Like like any good smart structural teacher would uh, like team yeah. would be would be let's get onto the park in 2022 and be ready to go and ready have our go. best players ready and available and I, I would love and me and Tony were also discussing we would love to see like 
maybe Maurice Rioli coming. Oh, it was also great to see Sydney Steph back. I want to I want to mention that because he actually played yeah. a great game, you know, and, and he didn't play that. I feel like he'd been off in recent times, so I just want to give a shout out to Sydney Stack. Uh, yep. Welcome back, and definitely played better footy. But yeah, I'd love to see him play the kids now. Yeah, like not not to bang on too much about Richmond. We'll pretty much wrap it up after this on the Richmond talk. That is, but um, what was I going to say? I was going to add one thing. Oh, just imagine Richmond with a full preseason where they haven't had one because of yeah. doing so well in September. Even them just having a holiday in September, giving the players a break, finishing yeah, and just having essentially you get eight weeks back. Like, because you still get time off when you make the grand final. So then, you know, you give the older players and whatnot a bit more time off to recover. And if they did not make the eight, and then all of a sudden, you know, they come back in November ready to train instead of literally being hungover still, literally not premiership hungover, but actually hungover, then, um, yeah, you never know. And they still have those key pillars where if they get everything right, I don't think it's complete dynasty over, although I'd love that to be the case yeah, and course. I'd love to be wrong in that sense. So, uh, um, Another thing just to quickly touch on in the, go to yes. the next subject is <laughs> in saying that also, it's also good for them if they do finish so low. And, and I don't care who you are. like I know they're trained professionals and they're meant to get through all this stuff, but even the media around Richmond will drop off too, you know, because obviously they're the... Uh, premiers yep. of last year, you know, yeah, like it's yeah. always like Dusty Headline. this, Richmond this, Richmond that. It'd be good to kind of be at that that background, you know, for a year yep. and, and then like, not be the hunted. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's another positive to hopefully look forward to. But um, yeah. yeah. So that's wrapping up the Super Sunday, also too. Awesome. And, well, there's one the last one last news thing that I guess I kind of want to discuss before we look at the future fixtures. And that is just the mighty Joel Selwood re-signing for another year with the Cats. Great effort. So um, I think it's something that's definitely worth calling out. Um, and he's now, it looks like he's most likely to break um, the AFL record for the most games captain in AFL-VFL history. So he's only 11 games behind uh, Stephen Kernahan's record, which is 226 games, which is a lot of bloody games in a row. So it just gives the credit of longevity and what he's achieved. I saw he was getting interviewed um, today and they were just saying like he knows when you get to over 30 at this at this stage of your career and your age and everything, where you're probably going to just get offered one-year deals and have to take that big pay cut. He'll be classified as a veteran though and just do what's best for the team while still playing. So they even t- spoke about potentially who knows if the captaincy or he'll still have it. I think um, at this stage, no matter what, if he has the captain's title or not, he's always going to be a great leader. And this season, he's been incredible. So all credit to him to earn that next contract. And I can't see it going any other way. But how fitting would it be if, um, if by some miracle we were able to go one step further than last year? And for him, that's the only thing missing, you'd say, is a premiership. Um, medallion so for him to be yeah premiership captain um but yeah he said overall very mature in his words to the media just saying it's not something he lays at night thinking about but it would be something that he could reflect on at the end of his career if he did get that and he'd appreciate it a bit more and everything um actually on the on the note of Geelong um I think you did mention you kind of did want to discuss Chris Scott in the presser this in this week I oh, did mention yeah, about yeah, um, shorter I, quarters. Yeah, I will. But I just also want to just off on that a bit quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Just a quick question, like just a history lesson for myself. Was it Tom Harley that went through the three premierships as captain, or was there no? One? So we had two. So yeah, we had two premiership captains. Um, over my shoulder, I'm actually pointing to Hayden, so you can see I've got um the premiership memorabilia there. And so it was Cameron Ling for the oh, last right. year. Yeah. So it was yeah Tom Harley for the first two. That's it. He's the, the sexiest bloke in the <laughs> AFL. Hottest man to ever play AFL. I don't know, you probably can't see from there, but the face that he's got in the first one from the grandpa, and he's just like the pink pig, as he was oh, named, like, yeah. and he's just like, <laughs> like breathing like he can't even, <laughs> like his face is all scrunched up, <laughs> his uh, pink uh, red face. And before I go on to red. Chris, my other question is, if you were to change captaincy, who would you, like as a Geelong man, like to see yeah. in the position or think would be in the position? It's really hard to say, actually, because it's a fantastic question. Because, like, I'd say naturally you'd lean towards Dangerfield, but then I almost go, what's the point? Because he's not, he's almost he's, at the end of his in, career, too. Yeah, like, he already is a leader, like, he's the head of the AFLPA. He's got other commitments already, like in the media and in filming that. I think he does a fishing show or something like that. So, after that, then it really makes you wonder, going, oh, well, who would? Because they're the two most obvious kind of players. Oh, but you'd want. Guthrie's late 20s, I think, now. So I think he might be 28, 29. So he would be probably most naturally the next kind of fit there because you'd want someone that's clearly... Um, experienced. Yeah, that leads exactly experienced and knows how to lead, been around long enough to really give that guidance to the younger players and have those tough team talks and everything. So um, I think that's a great shout by you uh, in terms of if you had to pick anyone, then why not? Why not Guthrie? I think but... another reason on capping why I think it'd be a great call is while you've got 55 blokes over the age of 30 in your squad, why not get the experience of them? Like, you know, like say he goes into cap, like I know this is just a hypothetical. Say he goes yeah. into cap, like say they choose Guthrie and they put him into captaincy next year. You've got bloody 10 blokes around you who have been in more experienced positions and can help guide and you know go through all that with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and like set you up to be a great leader of the club. I don't know what yep. he, like I mean I don't sit there and uh, go through all just long stuff, but I wouldn't know what he's like in like if it's a leadership yep. position or yeah. Um, they do have a big leadership group there that um that the you know the players have appointed themselves and whatnot. And actually, I just had a quick look just to give myself a mind. So I would say Guthrie's probably right up there. But the other one that I actually would really like to see as a captain and for multiple years would be Tom Stewart. I think he'd be incredible because he really is a leader on the field um, where he's come from as well in terms of being that mature-aged rookie. So he's come onto the list um, later in life where he's gone through those struggles of not making it, not being like a top draft pick. Like even Guthrie, I don't think he was that highly drafted, but I remember we traded him for Gary Ablett. So he had the potential and he was already rated as a really good prospect. Well, Tom Stewart was just battling it out. It's just by chance that... Um, Maddie Scarlett saw him play in the country and go, mate, this guy has it. You know, he has it. He has something special. He's better than the level that's that's there. So he's another one that I'd really, yeah, call out in that sense. It's crazy how you have those players. There's these, these great yeah, stories. Yeah, um, diamond in the rough. Yeah, like um, obviously I can only think of our team and the, the one that comes to mind is Kane Lambert sitting on the reserves yeah. for Carlton for so many years and, you know, look at where <laughs> Carlton are and then he comes in our side and all of a sudden a three-time premiership player. Like, so, no, that's great. Um, on to Chris Scott. He yes. has asked for shorter quarters. What is your thought? He's... So, 
I've heard I've heard a bit of mixed like commentary around it. I'll say like imagine if Tony was here, I could already imagine exactly what he's saying. So I'll channel him to some extent, but in a kind of way, going I can see playing devil's devil's advocate, which Tony always is when we come to Geelong. Um, it's it is like very self serving to some extent. Going we we have like the oldest list, one of the oldest lists in the AFL. And obviously the fitness and longevity of the game. I think he has a point. So not to lose his point that shorter quarters could have some benefits. But in terms of having the season we had last year and the shorter quarters, I just love the game as it is. If anything, I agree it should be shorter, but not the actual quarter length, but maybe just the breaks in between and everything like that. So maybe, for example, don't stop the clock for stoppages or stuff like that. So yeah. therefore it ends the quarter sooner. Um, but then after a goal and everything, it makes it a bit harder because of the sponsors and everything. Yeah. They really want that. They well, need that money. Or even uh, they take a four minutes off. Last yeah, one, was it? or 16 meters. 16 yeah, so minutes well, like even if they made it 18 meters, yeah, that that was the that was originally I think floated or it was reported in the media when they first spoke about like this season and coming back and whatnot. And initially I was like, oh yeah, but I don't know. There's something special about I feel like you miss in games when we have like a really good comeback or a tight contest or whatnot going. When you have the full game, you get the full experience of it, and it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Like although the last two minutes is still the last two minutes, you know, the urgency is still raised. I think it does. Our sport, AFL, so special in that sense where there is the elite athletes and that's where they dominate because of the longer longer quarters and they're battling it out and that's where they use their speed, their endurance as a weapon and they just run rings oh, around. And obviously at the moment the pressure game is also that factor and it's who can keep yeah. up the pressure for longer. So like that's also another thing that ties into those teams. Bros. And I think... My my thoughts on the yeah, whole... your view. What's your view on it? Was basically was was basically on the these guys are athletes. I prefer them to be out there longer and and to see the longevity. Like actually, you I know it sounds stupid, but you kind of like to see fatigue come into the game a little bit. Yeah, because well, that's, that's when, when scoring opens exactly, up. Exactly, that's when scoring opens up. It's when less it's, Yeah, a lot of clangers happen, but clangers are good, man. Like people say, oh, blah blah blah, I had so many clangers. Like, well, you know what? It changes the game and it makes it exciting yeah. to see what's happening Sometimes on the they're other forced because exactly. Of pressure. Exactly. So. And, and, you know, you see it late in quarters, there's always someone, and like, don't get me wrong, like, this is the worst part. Like, say a team loses by a goal, everyone always remembers, like, the last clanger. You know what I mean? Like, the last person. Yeah. And they yeah, sit there and give it to, like, on the full, like, like, you know, like, let's say the EPL, everyone's giving it to, obviously, you know, um, British players who miss their penalty. Oh, yeah, you yeah. But you can literally sit there and go, oh, well, you still played 90, uh, 120 minutes That's of it. Like, <laughs> like, why yeah. is it their fault? You know? As a team, oh. exactly. You're always, it's human nature to always latch onto that last exactly. moment and say that changed everything where exactly. it could have been so, the first minute. But no, I, I, I think, I'm, like me personally, I'm obviously there's that big dig, like, oh, yeah, no, we're just looking after the seat. Senior citizens, which I think was a yeah. pretty funny but great call. Um, yeah. But I personally think uh, just leave the game as it is right now. I think this year's yeah. been great having it back. I think people have missed it, like even the longer quarters. Um, yeah. I think just as a coach himself, and I'm sure the 17 other coaches in the same position probably going, yeah, this feels a lot longer than normal, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure he probably has fans in, on his back as coaches, um, but as 
viewers of the game and fans of the game, I personally prefer full 20-minute course. So on that note, or on a side note, I'll say while we are just talking, I guess ultimately we're talking about rules of the game here with the time limit and whatnot. I did hear a very interesting quote from Jimmy Bartel um, on the radio on 3AW where he was talking about the Steve Hawking's top job because he left... Um, obviously the football operations to go back to Geelong to Clubland where perceivably it's a lot easier and a somewhat uh, less scrutinized job where compared to when you're the head of the AFL changing massive rules and changing how everything looks Um, and Jimmy Bartel basically I don't know did you hear any of this on the radio so basically what he said was he said oh I'd put up my hand for that top job and the main things he'd focus on would be um, one would be the concussion stuff as everyone talks about um, one would be oh now I've just got to look at which it I up. think is great by Steve. Yeah, I'll quickly look it up as all the AFL and look in the news and he yeah because I remember he did yeah he was slamming basically the AFL and he said the tribunal was one of the other ones that he'd look at so he used to be I think on the tri- yeah in the tribunal and. No, this one's from ages ago, so I've got the wrong article up. No, I really should have written this one down. But, yeah, so he just spoke about, uh, yeah, the changes that he would make in the job. And realistically, he wouldn't really get the job. But he did bring up some really good topics of contention about rules of the game that he'd change or he'd focus on uh, in terms of interchange and um, everything like that. So it'll just be fascinating to see who gets that next role. There's a lot of scrutinies from Clubland, from you know, the media, from CEOs of the clubs. So high-pressure environment on there, definitely. Uh, like I said in my rules won't get changed, but deep down, like, obviously, that's a crazy prediction. I think uh, one of the rules that will get tweaked a bit is this whole deliberate out-of-bounds one. And then, um, yeah. obviously, in recent times, like, I don't know about you, I actually thought the last four weeks of umpiring was... A lot better since we kind of called it out about you know four or five <laughs> episodes ago. Um, That's one of the ones. Uh, standard of umpiring was yeah, saying that he said yeah. it has to be a big focus. Yeah, um, especially across the board because you know like one rule in Victoria seems so much different in Australia, so much different in West Western Australia, and then so different in Brisbane also. Uh, um, but I think that if there's one rule that I've noticed. Um, Recently, the one rule that's really annoying me at the moment is the holding the ball. Um, and this isn't yeah. even like my team. I have seen so many holding the balls where people are getting literally spun around in a full 360. Even I've seen players that like, get spun in a 360, kind of like touch the ball on the ground, kind of like, get their balance and then pass it off. They've kind of just touched it on the ground, pass it off. Nothing gets called. And then I've seen these ones with like literally no prior opportunity. Like yeah, someone's getting get their handballs with them, and then they get knocked to ground, and then because they're not fully attempting straight away, they're getting pinged yeah. straight away. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, I don't know. Yeah. About Too you, much but, of a difference. But, but it's just at the moment, the holding the ball rule is probably the one that's starting to drill me. Most. Yeah, most infuriating. I agree with you to some extent where it is. Um, the thing is, I actually feel bad for the umpires. There's oh, so, so much ambiguity, ambiguity with it. So they're just like, because based on it's all, it's an interpretation. So it's not a black and white thing going, oh, okay, this one is, this one isn't. But it's where that earlier this year, don't forget, they did lose the head of the umpiring, the guy, the coach, or the trainer or whatever. 
that was guiding all of them and to lose that and, and, and lack that guidance. I think we're seeing it in, in the play out every weekend. So unfortunately it's saying the AFL has to sort out because it goes on to them and it's saying that, um, yeah, is infuriating for the fans. So hopefully, hopefully something gets sorted out. And we always know when it comes to finals, they always let a little bit more go, um, in a good way. So we'll wait and see how that plays out. But, Shall we look at the future fixture? Yes, we certainly shall. Um, and in this round, we have got kicking off first game. is actually vital, obviously, at this point in the season, especially from 12th to 13th. Vital, so uh, we'll skim through a couple of them. Like, obviously... Danger game, the, starting yeah. off. So <laughs> are we going to go Fremantle first? Because that's obviously yep. going to... Yeah, yeah. So oh. Thursday night footy, we've got my boys, the Mighty Cats, flying over to Optus Stadium. To play Fremantle, I've heard um, on the early whisper that it is going to be uh, poor weather again, like hammering down rain, which actually might be good for us because then we can't do that kick mark bull crap that we've been playing against so dubbed lower sides that aren't top four essentially. And um, I'm calling it out that I actually am relatively worried about this game where Fremantle um, have the weapons, they have the speed and everything that could really tr- trouble us. And, um, yeah, home ground advantage. And we actually did lose to them, not last year, but the year before, uh, by 34 points um, at Optus Oval. So it is something where if Geelong don't come and they don't bring their A game and we take it easy, like how we rested players in the last game against Carlton, where you could say to some extent if Carlton kicked straight, it would have been a completely different game. Um, But... Fremantle are a good side, and if they get their run and carry, even in the wet, if they play wet weather footy and they play it smart, and we try to chip it around the back in wet conditions, then look out. So um, I'll still be tipping the cats in it, but yeah, that should be a good game on Thursday night. Yeah, no, then and so like obviously the line is a lot bigger than a lot of people would like. Then I'd probably think you know like obviously two dollars fifty out. Dollar yep. fifty, so there's a whole dollar in it. Um, I think it's personally yeah. more closer than that. Maybe, yeah. Sense. Yeah. And I, like it'll change during the week, obviously. That's it. I think this, like anyone would think, <laughs> actually, say it about any team. This isn't a dig. Yeah. Long at all, but <laughs> anyone is a danger game at the moment. <laughs> so, but yeah. um, it's true. There like, are no easy games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh, a bit of a cop out me saying like, oh, yeah, it's a danger game, but. Um, it, it genuinely is. So, who knows which way this will go? I, I still think the cats will get up and pip them. Uh, That's it. Now moving on to the next big game of the round, which is your boys. Yeah. So hopefully, big Nank back. Hopefully, touch wood. Um, That'd be huge, actually. He's been a huge out since honestly since we've lost him. Just in the ruck, we're just getting absolutely manhandled. Uh, like the Saints, mate. Obviously, like the Saints. yeah. Like, Marshall is just a yeah. key key to yep. your team's performance, exactly. and getting their hands on the ball and. Exactly, and, and and in terms of, you know, like, obviously Nanks had the load this year, but, like, people, I think Boldo's very under, underestimated. He was great in that premiership, yeah. um, and, and it takes a load off Nank. Um, so, you know, this year it's been a struggle in the uh, rucks for him, but it'll be good to get him back, and then we've got Floston, who should come back this week also, and then got a possible other couple of tests coming on. So it'll be good to get some experienced boys back. Um, obviously... Brisbane with the uh, injury to Wood is very sad, obviously. And then I think... think Coming off a loss, they'll be dangerous. I think they'll be out for retribution because they'll be disappointed with their 
with um, their last outing against the Saints. Yep. So at home for Brisbane as well, isn't it? No, uh, it's our home game. No, it's because, at the G. Uh, uh, yeah. We versed them up. Reese Matheson yes. gave Liam Baker a bit of a bathing in that <laughs> game. So and and um, obviously I think was it McAdams that got concussed. I, there, was, there was a Brisbane now. player that got concussed, I think. Uh, obviously, the protocol, I think he'll be out, obviously, this round. Uh, but yeah. I think you will get someone like um, a Matheson back in the side who's been a sub for, like, the last uh, 10 weeks as a, you know, as the barometer of the club. It'll be good for him yeah. to come back in, and it'll actually be a good battle, I reckon, which which we love to see, you know, between these two clubs. Um, Are you going along? Yes, I'm going Friday night. Yes. Friday night. Friday night? Amazing. Me, me, me How many too. people you reckon will rock up? I don't know. So there was meant to be four, like so, forty thousand tickets for the Richmond Collingwood game, and there was thirty-one in the in the end, and it and it felt like a decent sized crowd. Um, obviously, okay. like not everyone get to it. Like it was a four o'clock game on a Sunday, and then this one's yeah. Friday night, so this one's probably a bit better in a sense. Of, out. Um, but the other thing is, it's Brisbane in a sense of in Melbourne. So compared to like a Collingwood who have a huge fan base in Melbourne, I don't know if it'll like. Obviously, the capacity is forty thousand. I'm I, I'm hoping thirty thousand again. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, Richmond get along to it. But obviously, you got you do have your typical bandwagoners in any team that's going through premierships. Okay. Um, and you know there there are these people that won't rock up because of our form recently. But I'll definitely be there with bells on. Um, well, they have the Fitzroy fans behind them. Brisbane, yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. They might be rocking up more than the uh than yeah. the Richmond ones. But what's your expectation then? Uh, my expectation win? on this. I hope Rich really come out to play for this one. Um, Give it a there's that crack. stat, obviously, at the moment, Richmond don't lose to a team twice in a season, so this could be the first time this happens, you know what I mean? And then yeah. then we got, obviously, Geelong next week, so if we win this one, they'll probably happen that week anyway, so it's going to be hard to uh, go back-to-back against one of these sides, That's it. like both That's of these it. sides, so I'm sure that stat will get broken, but um, uh, I, I hope for a close game, but I obviously still think Brisbane have got us in the bank and i think we will start doing a bit of cotton wool type gameplay so um obviously i just feel like a lot more people will rest forward and whatnot and the midfield yeah we'll have nank in it and whatnot but we'll probably have like yeah like yeah, obviously these plays will go in the midfield but they just won't it'll yeah. be more like graham uh, all right, let's move on. Let's move yeah, on anyway. Yeah, right, right, we don't right. want to get on too much detail. Too I'll, I'll take the lines in this one. That's it. All right. Moving on to the Battle of the Bridge down at Ballarat. Uh, we've got GWS taking on the Swans. And obviously, for GWS, if they do want to take that last final spot, this is a crucial one that they'd really want to win. But I'm going to go with the Swans. I, I think they're just being amazing this year, and they'll just get the job done there and go in and sort out a professional win. And, and from memory, I think GWS for a bit now and I, I just definitely been up in arms about that and really wanted to get yep. one back on the uh, uh, ledger against right, them. Cool. So I think uh, definitely Sydney for this. For sure. Let's keep it short and sweet with the next one. Gold Coast versus the Doggies. I just think the Dogs um, will be looking to bounce back. Like you be said, strong there. they're the bullies against the teams that aren't. Yeah, so, flat track bullies. Flat so that I think will be a very comfortable win. Although Gold Coast to get two wins in a row is pretty big for them. So maybe three will be just that bridge a bit too far. I it think the next amazing. game, that's it. Might. That's it. We'll see how many people rock up for them. You'd hope people would get behind them. And um, hopefully they can put on a good showing either way. Now on to um, Melbourne and Hawks. I think this will be the same. Uh, Melbourne, just too good. Yeah. And uh, the Hawks, 
even with uh yeah with the Alex the Clarkson news still coming around and whatnot. But um yeah, if anything, it'll just be a big another big loss for them. Unfortunately, you have much more to add to that one. Nothing to. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Now we move on to the prime time. I think this might be game of the round, actually, um, with the Saints taking on Port Adelaide um, at Marvel Stadium Saturday night. Um, so I can definitely see this one being that big test where Saints have had three wins in a row since the bye. Port, you know, once again, they've beaten all the sides below them they should, but they lose against the contenders. So this one might be the one that upsets the apple cart. Or it might be one where, once again, Port Adelaide are exactly where they deserve to be, which is just outside the four, but above all those challenges below exactly. them. How do you see this one playing out? Um, oh, I think... Uh, I actually think... I, I, yeah? I, they're playing a, better, a brand of footy at the moment. Playing with more dare at the moment. More exciting. Seeing better sides of, like, 20... Back out in them, uh, where I yeah, think um, sure. Port Adelaide like they beat them in twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I just the there's, some, there's something about Port at the moment. They'll get uh, beaten somehow. I don't even know. I just got this gut feeling. <laughs> but anyways, um, just to kind of keep it short and sweet, it still will be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, but yep. there is a lot in it, like you said earlier. But you know, this is Port keeping intact with the top four, and this is St Kilda keeping intact with the top eight. So. There's a lot right. to play for for both sides. There is. There is indeed. Um, I'm actually going to go. I'm not going to. Last week when we were looking at these, I convinced myself to try and change. This week I'm not. So I did my tips earlier. I'm going to stick with Port. I think they are a good side. They deserve to be where they are. And when they did play in round six, although that was a very lowly St. Kilda side at that time, they did win by what? 50 odd points. I think 56 odd points. 54 points. Um. Yeah, so I think it'll be a really tight game. I think St. Kilda will come out to play. They'll show, they'll be the side that they were the last three weeks, but I think um, Port will lift to the occasion after the loss. And I'll like, go um, by one point. Can I try to persuade you? Oh, of course. Of course you can. Well, you, like I know you didn't Port even mean to last week, but it definitely helped persuade me last I know, week. I know Port Adelaide beat them by 50-odd points, but... um. I recall you coming to a Richmond game with me uh, where Richmond beat St. Kilda by 80-plus points, and uh, yes, they still managed right. to lose to Saints. So I definitely <laughs> that's think... That's true. You started their run, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. So I, I definitely think there's a bit in... Obviously, we know there's a bit in it, but I still think St. Kilda is going to be that far in the valley after a big that's loss true. to them. So well, Brisbane are definitely a better side than Port, and they beat them last week. So, you know, anything's possible, but... Exactly. Um, yeah, just for our footy tips, I'll I'll, um, I'll stick with Port though, just so I can get another one up on you. My ghost saints, like you know, when you got to play risky, like especially towards the end yeah. of the year, just to try to get back yeah, on people. Yeah, exactly. That's where I've exactly. got to kind of. That's where I've got to make my mark in this round. Um, yeah, it's either yeah. it's either make or break. You know what I mean? Definitely. Uh, well, on to the next game then. We've got uh, North versus Essendon. So I think this one will be pretty straightforward. Good on North for getting a couple wins in their last three yeah. weeks, but with Big everything on the line, like to. Beat oh, West Coast true. over there—that's huge. Not easy. I don't. I don't like. Obviously, we're on about this game too much, but North, good on you. Um, it's great that you still remember your team song credit. at the end of the day. Um, and yeah, kudos to you beating up. Yeah, and this is the early game on Sunday, so 
Um, yeah, Essendon just have all the form against them. Historically, even for the last four years, <laughs> they've been very strong, three, four years. So I'll just see them yeah, get this done again quite comfortably, I'd yep. say. Maybe 25 points to put a figure on it. Next is a really tight game. The old One of the oldest rivalries in the game at the G. You've got the Pies versus the Blues. And Doesn't once matter. again, it's always high stakes. Doesn't you know matter what? where they are on the ladder. Exactly. You, and, and you know what? Doesn't matter where they are on the ladder. I always seem to be watching this game. Like Even when I'm like not even planning on watching it, somehow I'm watching yeah. it. Like uh, I've been yeah. to plenty of places before and then the game's on it. And I'm always like, oh. Oh, the first bloody Collingwood. We've got to watch this. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's always it's, good. And they've showed a bit of form, haven't they? Yeah, both, few, both, both sides, weeks. to be honest. So, um, yeah, no, like, obviously, I know they lost to you last week, but... <laughs> yeah, Carlton if it's the looking... Carlton, they'll have no chance. But if they kick straight and they play anywhere near what they did last week yeah. and Collingwood don't bring it, then, yeah, it's game on. No, uh, that's it. And Who then, are you tipping? That game... Oh. I'm going Collingwood, and the odds are against them. They are just, just, but it's a very um, tight game. But yeah, I think Collingwood. I think Collingwood show promising sides. Um, having Adams back is also a huge inclusion. Uh, he's last week, awesome. he's been great. So, um, Grundy, since his haircut, starting to show a bit more form, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, looks good. Um, yeah, so I'm, I think I think, I think Collingwood just. Yeah, fair. I'm going with Carson then. I'll stick with the favourites. I can afford to... Uh, I, I assume I'm on top of you on the tipping, so yeah, I can afford to go for that <laughs> that one. And then last but not least, um, we do have West Coast looking to snap their three-game losing streak, but they're travelling away to Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, who are equally the other... Um, they've had three losses in a row, so this one might be a bit of an ugly, no-one-really-cares game, apart from the fact that West Coast are in the eight. I feel like they've been out of it for weeks, although they they're not. So yeah, I just I don't know using this one to be honest. Um, this is I'm, I'm going with West Coast. Oh, I'll just yeah. stick with the. I think Adelaide are kind of like even with Tex back and whatnot. I'm just thinking that they'll be yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of going to go Adelaide in the sense of I just feel like West Coast are doing exactly what Richmond. They're a week behind transition. I feel like they're yeah. going to have their fourth loss. Um, so I actually think I think Adelaide will get them at home. And obviously West Coast with their travelling woes at the moment, even their bloody home woes at the moment. So uh, I think Adelaide might just pip them. Yeah, good shout. Well, that was a good review. I don't know if I'll tip it that way, but it's just something about it. Yeah, fair. Well, one thing I did want to discuss before we close up the show, uh, the AFL actually have been kind enough to release the fixture for the next kind of couple of weeks. So um, I'll quickly run through that all, maybe just the highlight games out of that, that um, we already kind of knew the fixture about who the big games are and the big time slots. So we've got um, round 19, we've got Port versus Collingwood to kick it off at Adelaide Oval on Friday. So no Thursday night footy, actually, for the next two rounds for 19 yeah. and 20. Um, we'll probably stick with Tuesday nights for the show, but we'll see how we go and whatnot. Um, after that, let's have a look. Who are the other key games? We've lost like... prime time, mate, because uh, Richmond is so bad at the moment. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love how, to some extent, with the floating fixture, you can reward those key games. So we've got West Coast versus St Kilda on the Saturday night, the 24th of July. So that should be a really good game with both sides playing for that spot in the eight. And then the other kind of biggish game that we call probably the other free-to-air, which is Saturday, no, sorry, Sunday afternoon, 
And it looks like there's two early games. There's Geelong versus Richmond, actually, and that's grand final rematch. So no matter what, that should be um, a good one to watch. We could get along to that one, Hados. Yeah, yeah, not bad. I might be away that weekend. Either way, we shall look at that one later. Moving on to round 20. So we've got a big game on the Friday night, July 30th. It's Essendon versus the Sydney Swans at Marvel Stadium. Of That's course, because game. Sydney are still in lockdown. So yeah, that one should be a, a really good clash, actually. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what they do before then. They've got a couple games. Then the other key game that I can see is Melbourne versus Bulldogs. So that'll be an absolute ripper of a game. And that'll be good second. because they have crowds this time, which I think was a big influence yes. in that game. Yeah, for sure. And it's at the G, so hopefully restrictions have eased even more by then. And even Sydney might have gotten themselves under control and therefore we can open up a bit more. And then the last game that... Oh, what else looks very interesting from I there? Think, I think Collingwood West Coast is always interesting at the moment. Like, That's true. In previous years. Or even your game, which is Frio Richmond, because they're both playing yeah, for that last yeah. spot there as well. Yep. Um, yeah, the Collingwood West Coast rivalry is always a good one, though. So definitely giving you some credit there. Yeah, no worries. Shall so we get into our unsung heroes and dickheads of the week? Or do you have anything else you want to add there? Uh, no, I don't really have anything else to add. I've only got one unsung hero. I don't actually have a dick of the week. If I could put Richmond as a dick of the last four weeks, that'd be great. Um, but I, I don't want to bang on my old dickheads of the week. Um, <laughs> but I just want to go with unsung hero. Um, doesn't really have to do with AFL, but I kind of like the crowd reaction was great. Um, so obviously Ash Barty winning Wimbledon, yeah, great news. Um, yes. Now, obviously there's this big rivalry between Richmond and Collingwood, but Ash Barty is the number one ticket holder for Richmond, as we all seen at the grand final. Yes. Um, you know, giving the cup at the end of the thing. So Richmond obviously did like a bit of a dedication to uh, at half time in that game to say. Congratulations to Ash Barty, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and really? Yeah, you, you kind of like, you know when you kind of just feel that, like, uh, why would Collingwood nice. give a crap, you know what I mean? But literally yeah. I looked around and the the whole Collingwood and Richmond um, cheer squads were all just standing, standing of ovation, just the whole the whole ground was erupting with just claps just for Ash Barty. So I just wanted to shout out basically the crowd of that game. Um, yeah. Just just coming as one for, for a good reason. So And to Ash Barty, obviously being a hero in that match. Congratulations. Yeah. Fantastic. I think that's a really good call there, and you've inspired me for my Dickhead of the Week, but I'll start off with my unsung heroes. <laughs> like, so, my Dickhead of the Week is Ash Barty. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But, um, yeah, so in terms of my unsung heroes, I'm going to go uh, plays from Super Sunday. Um, so there's three upset wins. Uh, so just some key plays that maybe they weren't best on ground or they won't get. Um, all the accolades that, you know, other players would. So for the Gold Coast, it is their captain, um, joint captain, uh, David Swallow. So he's actually played a really solid game for his team. They're led from the front, and when they win by one point, you've got to give credit where it's due, especially when he was in the midfield battle there. Um, Next for Sydney, I'm going with their youngster, Jordan Dawson. So he was incredible, three goals, um, and he doesn't play in the forward line, normally off half-back. But he's just been a revelation this year for them. So all credit to him. He's played well. He's one of those young up-and-comers that you could say has had a really good breakout season. And then finally, last but not least, um, for the Pies, I'm going with Crisp, Crispy Chicken. He's played incredible. Um, You were there at the game on Jack Rewalt, so I wouldn't have picked him to be the, you know, the key defender. You're normally used to him providing a bit of run off the half-back line and 
Maynard, when he's in the team, gets the credit in those kind of big jobs normally, but he was um, he was immense. And looking at some of the highlights from the game where he just won some one-on-one contests that were absolutely vital for them getting the win. I'm just, just adding to that. I actually thought uh, I've seen Maynard more on Rewalt, though, than Chris. Oh, really? Um, maybe I just wasn't noticing, because like, obviously I, I look at like the matchups at the start of yeah. like every quarter and whatnot. Um, but... Well, uh, but yeah. uh, but not not taking anything away from Chris because his run off the halfback was still yeah right he opened up the corridor nearly every time they went forward so that's not anything like, I was just saying I thought yeah Maynard, maybe well like, Maynard, uh, to be honest because they saw it on um highlight shows during the uh yesterday yeah because I just wanted so to kind of give credit game. to Maynard in that because I actually thought Maynard played great against Rewald that's why I was like oh, maybe oh. it was maybe I've confused them yeah. in that sense maybe it was Maynard then there's definitely contests where Chris would have been like uh, like uh, I have no doubt I'd have been on the opposite end of the ground where I couldn't see much but maybe I was obviously was yeah but um yeah and but yeah to your credit great call. Is, and then on to my dickhead of the week. So when I said you inspired or reminded me, it's just because it's not footy related, AFL related. But um, my dickhead of the week is those racist idiots out there in um in the UK calling out the young players that are completely unacceptable. Where this is where sport unites us. Where in terms of it's now a moment where there's always gonna, hopefully not always, but there is that one percent that think they can say and do whatever they want and, you know, belittle um, some young champions of the game. And even if they weren't, like, incredible, like, because these individual players, like Rashford has been an absolute hero where he's raising charity, all the work that he does off the field is incredible. Even if you didn't do that, there's still no place at all in sport or in our society these days for those kind of racist comments that just aim to belittle and bring people down for no other reason than the colour of their skin. So, um yeah, so that, that's our dickhead of the week and let's hope they stamp it out and in future generations that we can teach our kids and in schools and everything where it is just completely unacceptable. I think that is a great, great, great call. Yes, obviously, blown up in the media at the moment. Uh, and also Channel 7, I've seen their yeah. racist headline. Obviously, if you read more into the article, that's not how I didn't say it. What was it? What uh, they... I, I can't quote it word for word, but it basically, um, it actually said black players for England, it's like they like yeah. lose the game basically. Like it was along wow. those lines. Like, yeah. But it was um. That's you actually, crazy. If, you, if you actually go into the article, that. yeah, I know. If you actually go into the article, it's obviously a bit more definite. It's not like racist, but it's yeah. just literally the title of the article was very, wow. very, very, very poorly written. And uh, yeah. that definitely deserves dickhead of the week. I don't want also episode. so, but um, yeah, that's very very poor. Um, but yes, it's a great call and racism doesn't belong not only just in sport but just society. Uh, yeah, doesn't belong. So, uh, great call. Fantastic. Well, I think that's the siren, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I could hear it. I could hear it ringing in my ears. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, well, this week's crazy prediction. Kick it off? Oh, no, I'll definitely let you kick it off this week. I'm still figuring mine out. <laughs> oh, so am I. <laughs> um, I think this week's crazy prediction. Ooh. I'm going to say big upset. Richmond actually do get up. Wow, that's not even that crazy. What a, what a but, big shock. Yeah. 
Well, I do actually kind oh, of have one semi off the top of my head while I was doing my tips earlier. So it's a semi cop out, but not. Um, I'm actually going to make my crazy prediction of the week is that all the away teams win this week. And so the big upset there would be Hawthorne jumping um, Melbourne. So I, I don't know, but if Clarko can pull another one out of the bag, um, I'd basically get all my tips except the Melbourne one because I'm still too big Melbourne. But um, yeah, that'll be my crazy prediction for the week. So I'll just say the away, the dubbed away teams because we still have some of those neutral grounds going on for this week. Um, yeah, where all the away teams win. Yeah, yeah, and just for those at home that don't know, that means Cats get up over Fremantle, Lions get up over Tigers, Sydney get up over GWS, which isn't really a home ground advantage, let's be honest. No, but that's, so that's they're the definitely neutral. the away team anyways in the game. Um, dogs against Suns, Hawks to beat Melbourne, Port to beat St Kilda, Essendon to beat North, Carlton to beat Collingwood, the Eagles to beat Adelaide. Most of them are favourites, to be fair. I think there's only a couple. Yeah. No, yeah, they're all pretty much favourites except Hawthorne. Actually, it's not too crazy, but yeah. Well, if if we didn't uh, summarise it up like that, people would have been like, whoa. (laughs) But then we went into more depth. (laughs) Then we went into more depth where it's like, uh, he's probably pretty on par. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wish we had, uh, even though if you added up all those odds in a multi, I'm sure because of the Hawks, it would be through the roof, $7. Oh, actually, maybe for Tony's multi, we do that looting uh, bloody Hawthorne. See, we'll see. see. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure, definitely. Well, Amazing show. There's so much footy talk that we've had during this episode. I think it has dragged out a little bit longer than we expected. Thought we'd try and keep it short and sweet. Nah, but it was a ripper show. There was so much to discuss. The hunt for the finals is still on. There are so many teams still relevant in the last five weeks of the season. And um, five, six weeks. Six weeks left in the season. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Martin. Thanks for always turning up, man. And remember... Hit us up on our socials, guys. We'd love to get some questions in, get some fan engagement involved. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right, take it easy, guys. See ya. Bye. You can find these three idiots on their socials, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, under AFLaholics. Kiss your dad on the lips for me, and we will see you in the next one.